couple more things about this recession. Now, this is probably going to be the last podcast I make about it because it gets a little depressing after a while. But I hope the advice that I've been giving thus far has been a little bit more motivating, a little bit more positive, a little bit more proactive. Um, I'm trying to help. You know, I, I also have been dealing with this, right? Some of the projects and companies that are part of the E1B2 Collective obviously will be affected. But I just want to kind of give a, a different point of view of how to look at some of this work some of uh, what's what's inevitably uh, occurring within the recession here and just some real tactical nuanced things that, that companies, leaders, employees can do, right? So what we can do is we can start having more stay interviews. That's just number one, objectively. Again, I keep saying this, but I'll say it one more time. If you are a company today and you're saying to the world, we are doing a hiring freeze, what you're inevitably saying is the budget that we allocated towards recruiting, the desire that we had to recruit, the desire that we had to bring new people into this organization, we are no longer doing for the for the foreseeable future. We want to hoard that cash. We want to stop every and all positions that we thought we were going to bring into the org. We don't want to bring those into the org right now for various amounts of reasons. So knowing that, then what you're also saying, maybe indirectly, maybe you're a really proactive, um, positive company, you've said it directly, but what you're indirectly saying is, beyond that, we no longer have the desire to inevitably put a lot of energy or focus into bringing new talent in. So we want to make sure the talent that we do have, we, we retain. And not only do we want to retain those people, we can't have too many moments where there's heavy amounts of misalignment, heavy amounts of confusion, or heavy amounts of moments and, and complexities where things are not on the same page, right? We want to try to avoid that. So knowing that I, there's about four different categories that I've decided to create that I think should consist within some of these stay interviews. Um, and I'll share a few here. Actually, there's probably about six. So I lied. I don't have four. I have six. So let me let me dive into a few. The first would be uh, company growth and priorities. I've seen a lot of people check out. And when I say mentally check out, I mean their lack of engagement, their overall perspectives and point of views of the company are not the most positive because they don't agree or they have a negative perspective or a different point of view around the company's growth and priorities. So what I would do is I would set up a fireside chat internally. I would set up some sort of internal communications processing. I would figure out from your employees at scale how everyone perceives and understands and looks at the company's growth and priorities. That would be incredibly important to me. That would be important to me for a multitude of reasons, right? That'd be important to me because I want to know from each and every employee how they feel the company's growth and the priorities of the company and the leaders that are making these decisions around the growth and the priorities, if they agree with that, if they agree of how we're handling things, if they agree of how we're going about strategically navigating our growth plan and our priority plan. And if they're not agreeing with it, I want to know proactively and I want to try to see what we can learn from them so they feel heard, so they feel recognized, so they feel inclusive. There's so much data that shows that that can actually lead to retention, right? And that's just objectively true that, that that probably leads to a lot of common sense. They're also going to be a little bit more happy, right? Because if they feel inclusive, they feel heard, they feel like the company's really taking their perspectives and their thoughts seriously, they're going to be a, a lot happier. I think everyone can agree with that, right? The next thing is going to be employee experience, right? I think the next thing I would do is I would have my individual leaders of 8, 12, 15 employees I would understand and I would define for each employee what all the different categories, components of employee experience, what they are, what they mean. Then from there, I would go in a one-on-one format for 15, 20, 30 minutes 
I will go one by one by one for each employee and say, here's all the different categories of employee experience. Here's everything that we're doing to try to tackle those categories. How do you feel we're doing? Is there anything else that you individually want to see, feel, or hear as it pertains to employee experience? I would jot all that information down. I would then look at the trends across the entire org, and I would make some adjustments, some decisions, some changes. I would make some adjustments, some decisions, some changes, and I would track the consistency per department for the company at scale. And then I'll make adjustments per department, per division. And then I would obviously make some adjustments at a macro level for the organization. Founder fit. This might be a little bit scary, but I would really do this. There was a bit of time that I was spending as a chief people officer of a company. And there was a moment in time where myself and the CEO were having a little bit of a contradictory moment. He had one point of view. He had one strategy. He had one way he wanted to go about work, and I had another. And he said to me one day, he said, Anthony, if you were running the company today, if you were the investors that had the decision to remove me from the company, would you? And I looked him in his face and I said, I love you. I respect you. I care about you. But yes, and here's why. And it was because of the, 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 the fact that I didn't think that CEO and that founder fit the needs of where the company inevitably was going. Being as though we're going to be heading into a recession, so many companies need to pivot, right? So for instance, the work that we're doing right now with Beyond Brand, we're making a strong pivot to make sure that the product can be used to help retention. The product can be used to help um, internal listening. The problem can be used to help training and educating to, to employees around how to work better together with leaders, with fellow, with fellow staff members, things of that nature. It's all a retention play. We're no longer using this tool to help reduce churn. We're no longer using this tool to help recruiting teams. We're no longer using this tool to help employer branding teams. It's all a retention. It's all in internal executions and internal teams and internal moments. And knowing that, that means we're having to adjust and shift our product, our tech stack, and some other things. Now, if I wasn't the best founder to do that, I would hope that my team members have enough safe psychological safety to tell me that. And so what I think a lot of people need to learn is if you're leading a company today, I want to know from the employees if they believe the founder, the leader, the president, the CEO at the top, if they believe they're making the best decisions for where the company should be going in this recession moment. Because many companies need to and could be making some different decisions to be able to survive during this moment. You know, I was a part of a company that was a part of my collective, that was a part of my initiatives where they are no longer deciding to run day-to-day operations and putting some things on hold or maybe even selling the brand at large. And I do believe there's a path that they could avoid that. I do think there's a path where they could go in a different direction. And that takes some strategy, that takes some conversation, that takes some thought. And so I do believe, again, at a macro level, if you understand from each employee what you should or should not be doing as it pertains to, how do I want to put this? As it pertains to how we feel as a team, as I fe- how I feel as an individual employee, the founder or the leader of this company is doing around decision-making. I want to know from them how they feel. I want to know if they're disgruntled, unhappy, not supportive. And then I want to see if they have any other ideas in their own individual worlds that can give the founder, the leader, the president more context to potentially make a better decision. Manager compatibility. This is a huge one. 
If I'm doing and conducting state interviews, I want to go to each and every employee and understand from their point of view how they feel they are compatible with their manager. That is incredibly important. We want to, we want to live more harmoniously. We want to have each and every employee with their managers obviously get along more efficiently, better, um, and just, just more fluid. Right, that is objectively true. Whether that's communication, whether that's workflows, whether that's the amount of um, the amount of moments of of learning and development the manager is willing to provide for that employee, the way that the way that manager treats and supports and leads and directs that employee. So we want to know from each and every employee how they feel, how they're feeling about manager compatibility, role and responsibility. Right? Do they believe that the role, right? that they currently have, do they believe that it adequately fills, fulfills where they're trying to go from a next step perspective to accomplish their career goals? Because right now, let's say you're in an industry right now where you know for a fact your company is going to conduct a hiring freeze and be going through a recession type environment for the next 18 months. The best thing you can do to support your people today, because you have to understand the psychology of the human beings you have in your company. They are freaking the F out. Now, I was going to curse, but I'm trying not to. They are freaking the F out. And what I mean by that is they are looking at their careers and saying, oh, my gosh, I can't even leave this company because there may not be anything else for me out there. So they may be feeling like their overall accomplishment moments in their career, their career pathing moments, their career plan, their career trajectory is on freeze, is on hold. And that doesn't necessarily have to be true. So if I'm a company today, I'm double downing on what I can do as an organization, what I can do as a leader to help the trajectory of my individual employees that I lead. I can help them from a career mapping, career pathing perspective. I can double down on skill development. I can double down on L&D. I can double down on giving them different roles and responsibilities and being a little bit more contextual to that. I can, I can double down on a lot. The last thing, team dynamics, team impact and dynamics, right? So again, I want to know from everyone within this team, how do they feel the dynamics are occurring, the impact, things of that nature? I think for me, at the end of the day, there's some impact, there's some dynamics, there are some moments that if companies really want to listen from their employees around how the employees feel, the company can make a bigger impact, can change a few dynamics, can be a little bit more flexible. There's a lot that can happen. There's a lot of good that can occur. So... I just wanted to share these six points here because I really believe genuinely that if companies decide to pivot their pivot their focus around some of these dynamics, some of these focuses, the next 18 months can be a little bit more tolerable, um, equally as productive as 2022, and a lot of good can happen. So as always, just a few thoughts. Hope you love this. I definitely did. We'll talk soon.